Hello and welcome to the Millennial Ag Podcast, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today. Your co-hosts, Valian Likely and Catherine Lotzbeach. Welcome to episode nine. We are so delighted to have you back this week. And if you are a new listener, welcome. Uh, we are really excited this week. We've got a guest who Valine is going to introduce. Yes, we are super excited to have Miss Ruby Uhart with us today. I first met Ruby, I think it was a few years ago at um, one of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association meetings. Um, I tagged along with mom in Denver and met her and just kind of fell in love with her and what she stood for and started following her on Facebook and Instagram and then was able to reconnect with her again this summer when she was back in Denver and just um yeah and love her her passion for travel for the ranching lifestyle she's a bonus mom a real mom a rancher's wife and a huge beef advocate in addition to serving on the um CBB board. So with that, Ruby, would you maybe do a further in-depth introduction of yourself? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm honored that I get to be a part of your blog. It's an awesome thing that you guys are doing, so this is pretty exciting. Um, you pretty much covered it. I, yeah, ranch wife, mom, bonus mom, um, kind of, I think a jack of all trades, a master of none <laughs> would be <laughs> appropriate, but um the only thing I would add to that is teacher um, and kind of, you know, not only in the sense of a legitimate elementary school teacher, but I also, that's one of the things I'm passionate about is uh, teaching people and guiding them. And it's just something I love to do when I have that opportunity as well. So. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Ruby. Um, and <laughs> thank you for that introduction and for the, for the guidance especially because I know that as uh, millennials Valine and I often feel like we could use some good guidance so we're excited <laughs> to have you here today and excited um, to hear what you you have for advice and guidance as well well yeah I hope it helps I've been told I give too much advice so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you're at least asking for it this time <laughs> <laughs> better too much than not enough one one piece of the advice I think I could use is how do you balance all these things because I feel like Catherine and I are both are similar to you Ruby and have our fingers in quite a few different pots and love so many different things but sometimes I get overwhelmed how do you how do you find time to balance all that and still still stay positive um that's a good question and there are seriously some days I have the same question um I'm a big fan of planners and I still go the old school route. I like to write things down and have them in front of me. Um, that's, I think, part of the thing that I really love about teaching, which has helped with the rest of it, is that it really taught me how to manage my time. And so not only am I a teacher for other people's children, but I also, um, we homeschool our son. And so that structure that that teaching and his school provides gives us a definite window for the things that we have to do throughout the day and then of course you throw <laughs> throw the loop or throw into that loop owning cows and you learn the complete polar opposite uh, which <laughs> is that planning doesn't work if you own cows so it's um i've really learned how to kind of roll with the punches and my husband is um 
he's helped me a lot with that because he's a lot more fly by the seat of your pants. And so he's really helped me see that sometimes you just have to wing it. And one of his favorite lines that I've adopted and I've passed on to my friends too, is that everything's going to buff out. And so (laughs) on, on those days when it really feels like I've put too much on my plate, it's just kind of a, I just have to check myself and say, look, you know, handle it, begin at the beginning, take one thing, focus on it, get it done and then move forward. And sometimes crap's going to happen, but, um, not to take it so seriously. And that's something I've really had to learn how to do as, you know, as a ranch wife is just let things kind of roll and let them go as they will. And you try to plan, but it's almost like you have to let go of that a little bit. And so that's, that would probably be, it's kind of like the opposite advice probably for having a lot of things on your plate is learning how to just wing it. But sometimes that's exactly what you need. (laughs) I know um, sometimes that just winging it can be, you know, sort of a terrifying proposition for type A people, which are definitely me and Valine, (laughs) and and like to know where we're headed. And, and it seems like things are getting so busy in life right now for both of us between work and and family stuff and just all, you know, just, just life um, that, that trying to find that balance or, or or just winging it and maybe maybe there isn't a balance maybe it's just figuring it out as each day comes in and learning how to embrace that kind of a little bit of uncertainty and and letting it buff out I love that phrase yeah that's and it's and I because I'm like you guys I'm definitely a who what where when why how kind of person (laughs) (laughs) and so um when he says that you know and it's like okay yeah sometimes things just kind of need to and not always I would go insane um, but, but it definitely helps to keep that in mind that it's going to buff out. It's going to get done. Give yourself some grace and move on. So I love that grace phrase too, because I think we can get too hard on ourselves and, and beat ourselves up for, for not going the way we envisioned or the way things had planned, but just, but we tried and it, we have to give ourselves credit for even stepping, stepping forward and having that opportunity to even try something new or try to balance all these things. Yeah. And that's one thing um, I think this year, I mean, I've, I, I like to claim that I'm younger than I am. And sometimes my learning experiences really make me feel that way. And that giving myself grace is one that's come along this year. And I've really embraced um, when it comes to the things that I start out enjoying them. And if, if it ever becomes a have to situation where I'm telling myself I have to, uh, the one that comes to mind right now is running. If I, if, because I'm really enjoying that. And if it becomes something where I feel that I have to do it and I'm starting to not enjoy it, I give, it's like, I I have to give myself that time to step back and say, no, I actually don't have to. And I want to love it again. So I'm going to, I'm going to step back for a minute and just, and not, and not do that particular thing, whatever it may be, until I feel that want to come back. And I know you can't do that with everything, but when we start putting so much on our plates, especially for you guys, like you said, you're trying to balance so many things and, um, and to excel and succeed, because that's what everybody wants to do is succeed. But sometimes you have to just step back and let some things go so that you can really fine tune or, or get back to where you're in a place of enjoyment. 
I really appreciate that because it, <laughs> you know, it feels like we get so caught up in, in having just to do all of the things, you know, and whether you like to or not, you're supposed to be busy and you're supposed to, you know, you're, you're supposed to be fit and you're supposed to eat right. And you're supposed to be a rock star at your job and you're supposed to be the perfect, whatever. And, um, it seems like we get caught in that hustle and bustle and, and forget that we're humans. And, and, you know, I'm not even sure that I have learned except for maybe in the last year or two, even about the concept of giving myself grace. So I, I think it's an important thing to talk about. And, um, maybe even more so in agriculture, just because, um, you know, there's always something, always something to do. There's, there's really not days off if you don't take them. And so, you know, that the cows always have their own plans or, or the crops, or there's always something to do. So how, how can we, how, how can we learn to give ourselves grace, Ruby? Is it just practice? Is there, are there like any particular steps that you, that you follow that have really helped you? Um, I think that mantra in itself and having that, I love, I'm a fan of stickers and sticky notes and, <laughs> and having that in front of me and literally seeing it when something comes up like that, because, um, what, one of the things that you just said made me think of, cause you said, especially in ag and that pursuit of perfection. And one of the things that I've noticed with ag is that we, um, we're kind of before even social media came into play with the whole highlight reel and everybody's perfect moments. I think ag has been a little bit that way traditionally because you don't want to be seen as a failure with your cattle or your crops or, or you know, whatever your specialty is. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to keep that side of our story hidden and the better thing and as we've become friends with with the people that are neighbors out here we've become close to them and we've got to where we actually start talking about things like a really terrible preg rate or um calves not looking very good when they should be and comparing yourself to the neighbor and we've actually got to the point where we almost kind of make a joke about it and say how the hell does your stuff look so good and we live literally a fence line away and ours looks like crap what are we doing wrong <laughs> And I think that um, that striving for success has kind of taken away from being able to accept failing a little bit. And, and we teach, you know, this is one of the things I get to teach to sixth graders, but it's harder, you know, as an adult, it's one of the things we're still trying to accept is that failing is a chance for us to learn something. And so um, I think that reminder just that you know so much of what we see these days and especially you guys as millennials that highlight reel is in your face on a daily basis and so those reminders that you need to first of all recognize and this is for us too you got to recognize that yeah you're not maybe seeing the whole story and um and know that everybody's got that piece that they're not really wanting to share and that helps me say, okay, you know what, just because so-and-so has a picture of this thing that I'm supposed to be doing today and they're sharing that, that doesn't mean I have to if I've got so much other stuff going on. If I'm, you know, like a B average is a good grade. So if I'm 80% with the things that I know that I should be doing, I can give myself grace for that 10 or 20 that might come up to throw a monkey wrench in things. 
if that even answered your question. I kind of rambled. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that answers perfectly. And I, I mean, I think some of the things you brought up are, are so incredibly important. Um, number one for millennials, but honestly here, I think for women too, because we've, we've been taught to avoid failure and that, you know, failure is, you know, it's almost like it's this wretched, horrible thing that you want to avoid at all costs. And, um, you know, through some hard life lessons through failure, I've learned that it is, it is one of the best teachers, but it's a really hard thing to, to, uh, you know, to stare in the face and to think that you might not be good at something right off the bat or to think that it might take you a few times to figure it out because of that, that world that you described it, social media. And I was just thinking while you were talking about, um, how ag has maybe done that longer. I think you're absolutely right. You know, you think (laughs) articles and and newspapers and awards and stuff, you know, all the things that were before social media and you saw all the highlights of people, you know, the, the biggest yields or, or the, the, best in show heifer or, you know, any of those things. And so we saw all the good things. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, it's a, and it, it's, it, it's a, pri- you know, where it's a very private organization or entity anyway, because so many of the things that, that are major to us are things that we've just through generations, you've been told you don't talk about, um, because it's essentially like checking out your bank account, really. I mean, anybody can put a figure to it. So it's been, kept so private. And so, but in that we've kept too many things private. And I think that's starting to come around a little bit where you're seeing people that share more and more of their story. And, um, and we see, and you can, I mean, yeah, we see every type of story. I'm not very good at the technical types of stories. I'm (laughs) more the, uh, I don't know what even word you would use for it. The lifestyle naming the cows that look at you funny type of story. I like to share that part. (laughs) More of a story part of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and I I love those posts of yours, Ruby, and it gives me a glimpse into your life on on the ranch and what you do on a daily basis. And it, it makes me feel a little bit normal when I talk to the cows and name the cows here. And, <laughs> and they, they run after me or the new puppy. So I, I quite appreciate all your, your fun posts and, and it gives some positivity and realness, I think to, to social media in a, in a day and age when that's not so prevalent. Yeah. And I, um, I think, and that's one of the things when it, when like with the beef board position, when I was nominated for that and, Um, They wanted, you know, they talked about being an advocate for um, the beef industry and which I've, which I've loved doing. And I've had people ask me why I don't do more things like the recipes or like the, um, uh, you know, like I said before, the technical aspect of what we do. And, and I know that that's an important piece of it, but what you just said a minute ago is comes more natural for me to show you the piece where, um, I really want people to understand the stuff that is, you know, that hits your heartstrings. And it's, it's harder to share. Like um, when we have cows lose calves, I thought at one point in time I had got used to that. And then every year rolls around and, and you go through and you check those cows and you're feeding them every day. And, 
and you, you know, you have your hopes up, you know, you're never going to hit a hundred percent, but you always want to. And then, and to have that, it really literally is heartbreaking. And I don't care if you have 200 cows or a thousand cows, you get to where, you know, those cows and they're your girls and that's, it's your life. And yeah, they are a business mechanism, but they're also, there's a reason we're in this life and it's, it's those animals. And so, um, yeah, we have, it's silly. We drive around with our uh, rep for our calves and we're calling these cows out by the names that we've given them. <laughs> and, and it's not all of them, but dang it, they have characteristics. And some people say, well, isn't, doesn't that make it harder that you are uh, marketing them as a slaughter animal? And I think, I think it makes me appreciate them more um, just because I know the whole story and that's the part that I want people to understand is that we know the story of these animals from the beginning to the end and and we're proud of it and we're happy to be a part of that whole picture and if I can interject some of the silliness and some of the um oh what's the word I'm looking for maybe you know the stuff that's a little just a little more um sentimental in nature then I'm I'm happy to do it so I appreciate and can relate to this so much, Ruby, because I mean, what you talk about, you know, more of the technical side, I mean, the whole reason that Valine and I started Millennial Ag was to talk about um, stuff that it didn't seem like maybe was getting talked about in agriculture, whether it be, you know, giving yourself grace or, or more on the side of, of some of the harder topics that we just haven't been able to address as, as an industry. And so you saying, you know, you weren't, you don't necessarily focus on recipes or, you know, like the top 10 beef facts or whatever. Um, I think it, it, it's heartening to hear because there are so many wonderful advocates out there who are doing such a great job with those things. And, you know, sometimes it feels like we're a little bit out here, you know, talking about things <laughs> that maybe nobody else is talking about, but we feel are important to talk about. And so, um, you know, it, it's really nice to find um, a kindred spirit in that and, and I, you know, that's one of the reasons that, that we wanted to have you on as well, because following you and from how Valine knows you, it seems like that's, that's what you're after too. And, um, it's heartening and, and good to have someone else to talk with us about and to put, put that love and, and a little bit behind the scenes out into the world. Yeah. Well, and likewise, it's nice to know somebody's wanting some of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, and I think it's tearing, working to tear down some of those um, boundaries and barriers that agriculture has put up for all those years, you know, the, the way the good old boys have done it and the way granddaddy did it. And there's a lot that needs to be talked about from, from that, but we also need to, to remove some of those tough exteriors and see, see past those hard hard exteriors of whether it's corporation or just our personal selves and, and grow and learn and, and talk about those tough subjects all across the board. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and that was one of the things that um, I had uh, noted to talk about is that um, those traditions are very much a part of who ag is. And it doesn't matter what industry you're looking at. It's traditions are important. And and I think that's um, why it's taken us maybe a little bit longer to start sharing our story is just, you know, this is the way it was done and it's harder to embrace some of the new stuff that comes up 
that um, people want you to try. And, and that's one thing that um, where we are, we've been a part, we've been lucky to be welcomed into um, a couple of groups that are about these um, collaborative approaches to management. And we've learned a lot about um, different things that we can do to be better and to not just be um, one of the words that gets thrown around a lot is sustainable. And one thing that we've learned is that you don't want to strive to be sustainable because sustainable means you're staying at the same place and you're traveling along those same lines. You want to be regenerative in, in, in your practice because that means that you are leaving it in a place where it can come back better every time. And so we're, we're still very much hanging on to the traditions. Both my husband and I come from an ag background and we both definitely have those things in our mind that we've learned from our parents and we're carrying those things on and we're passing them on to our kids. And I have, um, I mentioned I'm a bonus mom. I have two girls that are college age and they, um, they're learning things at school that they're talking with us about and and I almost I have to eat my my own words because I find myself sometimes thinking um you know like you're coming back with all this advice but you haven't lived it and I have to uh, <laughs> I have to check myself because it's exactly what I'm talking about they're coming back with things that they've learned and that's our opportunity to take what they've you know they've learned and let them share that with us and see where we can fit it in and then also still give them something from our um, experiences that they can apply to the things that they're learning. So it's a, it's a very much a yin yang thing in my opinion. It, those, those traditions and those new and upcoming things can work together if we can, if, if we can as people see that it's not one person trying to tell another person what to do, but two people trying to defend the things that they know and put those things to use. And, and I think it's definitely possible. And it seems to me that um, it's happening more and more that, that um, ranchers and farmers are able to embrace those things and they're putting them to use. And it's really great to see more of these stories being shared. I love absolutely everything you just said. Back to the sustainability comment, going back to that, um, and how sustainability is, is more of a marketing ploy now, um, and how, how you, you guys are looking at being more regenerative and taking that next step. And how did, how did that conversation, I guess, start and how do you continue to embrace that? Um, it, so I can't remember exactly, it's been a couple years, but um, we, as I mentioned, were a part of, we were welcomed into the Shusol Resource Management Group, and they started, gosh, over 20 years ago um, with a collaborative approach, because where we are, we, um, these, our ranch lands are private, but they're also uh, public lands, so um, we ourselves just have BLM land, but our neighbors deal with BLM and forest service land as well, so they came together as a group about 20 years ago, and I'm going to definitely shorten up the story, but because I don't want to take away from all the work that they've done over those last 20 years, because it's definitely been um, an annual thing and it's a work in progress and it's um, with the government agencies and the wildlife agencies and the private landowners and the general public. And we started when we got 
when we moved in up here, we were invited to attend those meetings. And that's when we started learning more about the collaborative side of things. Because I grew up um, on, a, on a ranch that was private and um, public lands as well. But there was definitely not this collaborative approach to things. So it was very new to me. And um, we learned initially about the sustainability from that group. And then the group invited a lady, you may have heard of her, uh, Nicole Masters. And she does a lot of stuff about uh, soils. And we went to a, um, a class that she put on at our neighboring ranch. And she taught us about soils. and and to put it this way this woman is a fabulous teacher my husband does not like going to things like this very often and he left those through three days his mind was completely blown i've never seen him ask so many questions and take so many notes <laughs> at a meeting he was absolutely just the way she teaches and the things that she taught us about everything starts with the soil and she was the one who who corrected us on the use of sustainability versus being regenerative. And she explained, just like I had said before, where sustainable means you're not improving anything. You're just cruising along at, you know, cruising speed, I guess, at the altitude you want to be. But if you're regenerative, you're looking every year and not just with the soil, but that's what she was basing everything on because every, that's what her, her, one of her points was, everything starts with the soil. If you don't have soil, you don't have calves to sell and so that regenerative piece came from her and we look so we've got to where we look at um, our meadows our um, our calves especially and then also our public lands I mean for for my husband and I the public lands are just as important to us as the private lands and if we don't leave those in a better spot every year then where the way we found them then we're only making it worse for ourselves in the upcoming years and so that's another piece that i don't think um people share as much or maybe and the general public doesn't realize as much that we have to be regenerative or we don't have a lifestyle if we're not regenerative we have nothing to come back to the next year that's that's so true and it's it's cool how it starts with the soil and maybe even tying it back to the whole thing it's the soil's the core core of all of this but maybe we can all find something that's the core that we need to continue taking care of in our in our operations our day-to-day -day lives that we can continue to better ourselves or better our ranches or better our families and find something to be regenerative in our lives yeah definitely and and um even just it's cliche but if you don't take care of yourself you can't perform for somebody else but it's very true and that's that's another you have to like you just said you got to take care of yourself and can and so that you leave at the end of the day you still feel like you've got something to give <laughs> and can be there again tomorrow um you don't want to just be cruising along without making any improvements or without making any changes um, you have to give yourself that place where you can get better or you can make adjustments i think that's such an important it's a really important conversation to have regardless of where you're at but again coming back to agriculture because that's where we're all at i think it's a conversation that we haven't been comfortable having before um, i think you know it goes back a little bit to what you said ruby about keeping things pretty close to your chest and not talking about some of that hard stuff especially with you know outsiders whether it's your neighbors or you know 
someone outside of the ag community. And so how, I mean, you know, this is just very much touching the tip of the iceberg. Um, how, how can we, can we start those hard conversations with, with might need, might need um, some support? Um, I am, I'm very much an introvert, very much. And ah, that makes two of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I Sorry. When, <laughs> okay. So the beef board really pushed me out of my comfort zone for sure. Um, and I was in the airport, I think in Salt Lake for a connecting flight. And I went into the bookstore and there was a book in there and it was about communication for introverts. And I dang near read that whole thing on the plane uh, to Denver for one of those first meetings. And one of the things that, um, I can't tell you the rest of it, but one of the things that really resonated with me was ask questions. If you don't know what to say, or you don't know what a person needs or needs to know, ask questions. And I have become almost obsessive with that. Um, with my the teaching position I'm in, I'm substituting, and it's nationwide because it's an online school. And so um, both both of the jobs I've had since I got hired have been, one was out of Michigan and the other's out of California. I don't know any of the people that I go into this job with. And because of that, that introverted side of me, when I first hear that there's a job, I'm almost terrified to accept it because of the unknowns and because of what we talked about before of the the fear of failing or not doing it right. And I haven't even given myself a chance to try it. And so I, I remember that part about asking questions. And so with, with anything new like that, if I'm stuck um, in a meeting and I'm, and I'm next to somebody, I don't know, um, I'll ask questions. I will ask, I will ask, a hundred questions if it means I don't ever have to answer one. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's what I would say is just, you know, have, have those questions as you're going into your situation, have a couple of questions that you know you could ask anybody. And, and then from there, just like your conversations that you're having with people through your podcast, you'll find that these uh, more questions come easier. Every time you get an answer, you get to ask something else. And so um, that would be, that would be my advice was just, ask questions and and then you know of course the listening piece truly hear what they have to say because that'll give you that opportunity to keep asking them and it really has taken a lot of the pressure off of having to know something (laughs) (laughs) I love that approach and that's it's one that's actually familiar to me because um I my my dad is also an introvert too but I swear he's one of he's, he's one of the best people at getting to know someone or drawing them out of their shell. And it's because he asks questions. He asks questions, questions about themselves or what they do, or, um, you know, where, where they're coming from. And, and I mean, people do love to talk about themselves. And so it's a really great way of, of learning for yourself and, and drawing into conversation. And I think before we lose that train of thought, do you remember what the name of that book was? Because I think we're all interested, me, Valine, and our listeners to, to know what it is and check it out. Gosh, I'll have to, I have it. Um, I'll have to dig it out and get it. But I thought I wanted to say that it was something like communication for introverts, but I will send you the name of it. And for sure, when, when I can get my hands on it, I definitely will pass that on. <laughs> that sounds great. Thanks. I know that 
I know Valene and I are definitely bookworms and, and love to pass, pass along any good books that we come across, especially about communication, because that's another thing that is really hard for humans and life would be a lot better if we knew how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. Well, Ruby, um, we've really enjoyed this conversation. And before you go, um, what's, what's one thing that you want millennials in agriculture to know? Um, I think what definitely just to respect, respect the past and the traditions that come with ag and are so much a part of that ag story, because in doing so, like I mentioned before, people, you know, we, we, whether it's traditions or something new, we can put both of those things together and really come make something great out of it. And in respecting those traditions and, and respecting the past and the people that came before you, um, you're also helping ag embrace the challenges and changes that are, that are facing us every day and helping us move forward um, into, you know, still being here and having something that we can continue to share in the years to come. I love it. Respect the past and embrace the challenges to come. That's yeah. That's a really great, really great. Maybe we need a sticker for that. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I'll put it on a sticky note. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Listeners. Well, thank you so much, Ruby. Thank you for having me. This has been fun. That and was- where can you real quick tell the listeners where they can find you and how they can purchase your newest running on beef sticker because I think including myself everybody needs to have one of those (laughs) (laughs) those are so much fun thank you that was one of those on a whim ideas and uh but I'm um on Instagram at Ruby Uhart and then I do have um my blog and it's rubyuhart.com and if you're worried about getting updates every week don't I'm terrible about sending them so (laughs) I will (laughs) your inbox will not fill up but you can also uh, find the stickers there on the shop page and you could reach out to me about those. I have my uh, version of boxed beef sitting right here in front of me. So I've got plenty of stickers <laughs> to share. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining us this week, Ruby. And we're looking forward to following you more and seeing what else you have to say. Thank, thank you, you for- very much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Millennial Ag Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us, provide feedback, and submit your questions. Our email address is katherine at millennialag.com. That is Catherine with a K, A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. And please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Also, rate us on your favorite podcast platform.